Okay, so we're back in the second half of the show, and let's start off, Stephen has just brought to my attention that today, today, today marks yes, the, today. Stephen, can you, you, spotlight's on you, can you tell everyone what today is in the world of the wrestling? Today is the 15th anniversary of the death of Gordon Soley, so some younger fans, like yourself Brendan, not much younger than me, but perhaps didn't watch older wrestling as much as I did. Gordon Soley was an esteemed uh, play-by-play card commentator, whatever you want to call it, ring announcer. Uh, and a lot of uh, ring announcers say they take a lot of inspiration from him. And a lot of people say it was, it was the best. I know that uh, good old JR seems to, to think that Gordon Soley was, was one of the best. So, yeah. I mean, so you're talking about ring announcers. Who is your favourite ring announcer, Stephen? Well, that's hard. That's really hard. My, my favourite commentator... Oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, Bob of the Brain Heenan was, was brilliant uh, commentating. I loved Bob of the Brain Heenan. Uh, I loved when it was uh, back in the day when you'd either Gorilla and Bobby or uh, Gorilla and uh, Jesse Ventura. I loved Gorilla and Jesse Ventura. I think they were, they were really great. But I think, I think it's just a very hard question. Who's your favourite? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I like kind of Vince. Oh, I loved Vince. Vince's style, but the more uh, modern wrestling, the more kind of laughs I get out of the common the commentary. Like you know, JBL, I think is genius on it. I think the having the way him and Cole rebound off each other is fantastic. No, King has his great moments as well as we are watching the. Uh, too erotic for TV, Jerry Springer on oh, the that network. Was mad, yeah. And you had, it just made me realise like how amazing Jerry Lawler is, you know, watching with binoculars the, the bikini contest and I thought King is great. But again I think my favourite for for no what's the word I'm looking for? For no, for an epic proportion is JR for you know to step up for the moments like when mankind gets thrown off the cell, it's just those are the the sounds you hear that makes it identifiable. Is that a word? Identifiable. It is, yes. So uh, you know, JR, you know, whenever I see mankind or pictures, his the stuff he came out with when that moment happened. You know, it's yeah. I I think that that JR's a, a lot of people you can't see by JR and the old slobber knocker and. Good God Almighty, and the the usual kind of JR phrases, uh, a lot of them obviously very apt. But one person I'd like to mention with regards to colour commentary or whatever, Paul Heyman, when he first came to the WWE, yeah, yeah. was brilliant, uh, especially in the 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 the, well, the the first first time he came to the WWE when uh, the the invasion in nineteen ninety seven happened, when you had him, Vince, and Jerry Lawler on the, the table at Raw. If anyone hasn't watched it, it's on the network. Watch it, it's from Raw, I would say it's, it's early March 97, I think it is. So you're build up to WrestleMania 13 and it's brilliant because you really get the feeling that Heyman and Lawler hate each other and that Lawler despises everything ECW stands for and that Heyman despises everything that people that walk about thinking they're a king stand for 
and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Awesome. I to mean, that's what Heyman characters says. Characters like that bouncing off each other, and it's it's it's, it's really. You know, really Heyman said himself when he was uh, doing commentary for WWF WWE, he just said things like because he knew that would drive you know the back room the producers insane. It, it would just say things because he knew that would. It would be entertaining the fans, but it would drive the producers insane. Uh, but, like we said, JR is... And let's talk... If we're talking about announcers, let's talk about the most craziest bit of announcing ever. Then you've probably got numerous ideas what I'm going to say here. You probably will not expect what I'm going to say. Many people will... It was a few years back. Uh, one of the most strange things I've ever heard was Josh Matthews' heel turn via commentary. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Where, it, where he referenced JR and Stone Cold. It was 2013, so it would have been like when Ryback was fighting John Cena, and it was the hype for the match. It just came out with, like, I don't know, like, was he leaving the company, and they just thought, yeah, like... What happened to Josh? I think Josh Matthews is now... Where all great men turn out to be, if you can guess. TNA. TNA, I think Josh Matthews is now coming, doing well there. If, well, I don't really watch Tom TNA. TNA. Do you know who I really never liked on commentary? Taz. Don't, I don't think he's still in TNA now, but I just could never take time in commentary. Speaking of uh, com- uh, commentators again, Mike Tenay. Uh, I liked Mike Tenay, Tony Schiavone. Who, um, Tony Schiavone, Mike Tenay, I liked Just recently it. I found out that Mike Tenay was part of DLC for the TNA game. Yeah, Mike Tenay and Tony Schiavone, I liked, I liked them too. And also, you can't forget, the living legend, Larry Zabisco. He was good. The WCW comment team was actually quite good. Apart from when mid-night, they let slip that Mankind won the title. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy decision, but during matches they were quite good. Mid nineties they teen in. Everybody loves Heenan. Heenan and Tony Shaw. Yeah. Recent ones as well, yeah, like WWE recent ones, uh, Matt Stryker, who was, was right. always good. Alex Riley in NXT was not bad. And then you had the likes of uh, Mike Adamley. Uh God rest his soul. His career's soul, his career's not soul. his actual soul. So I mentioned TNA video game there. Speaking of wrestling video games, today came out a, a release trailer of a DLC for WWE 2K16, which they're advertising as the largest roster ever. And don't get me wrong, I really thought... That, uh, Aye, it's going to be the largest the roster ever, because 2K, John and Sarah Connor know that's going to be on it as well. 2K was really smart when saying this. They must have obviously seen what fans were saying and when they said it was the largest roster ever what they'd said was and when we say that we don't mean four John Cena's and six Triple H's so they're, they're, they're smart the way they're doing this this time but today uh, a, a very strange trailer came out it was a DLC or pre-order bonus and I'm I'm thinking wow I wonder who that's going to be I honestly you know previous years was Sting previous years was Hogan, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollier, can't use the name Hulk Hogan anymore. Uh, well, you, Hulk's got the copyright to it, I think. Um, so you better phone Hulk and ask him. Previous years, Sting, Ultimate Warrior, great pre-order. Uh, this year, 
WWE have also taken a different approach. And instead of having a wrestler as pre-order, they have made it the Terminator. Now that is no joke. Uh, I'm not joking here. Pre-order bonus for WWE 2K16 is literally Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator. Whether it is his naked version or his... uh, no, it's a leather jacket version. I think they have on the claws, the boots, and the motorcycle. But n- seriously, I have no clue what is going through the mind of 2K. What, where do you draw the line? I mean, do you get, like, Arnie from Commando DLC? What, why? Why are, why Arnie? Why is Arnie getting so much recognition? Is it because maybe... Uh, the, what, what, what next? Is Tri- Rocky going to be in it next or something? What I think is when I mean, Triple H. Her, her, oh no, wait, sorry, we can't mention he was in that. When Triple H get inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame, or the Arnie Hall of Fame, or whatever it is, Arnie probably gave him a list. One in your Hall of Fame, I want a big WrestleMania moment, uh, and I want to be in your, your video game. That Do that, or that's it. Is that all that was on the list? Well. If I had to say the other things... Wash my car, things like that. What did you mean, Brendan? If I had to say the other things, we'd have to make this one... this. We'd have to put an age rating on this part of the and podcast. You could, you could be accused of sleek. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've put age ratings on the podcast before. I probably need to do it for part one, because you mentioned... Chris Benoit. <laughs> uh, and he always pops up. We don't mean to uh, make him pop up. Unlike WWE, who try to erase him, we want to still show his wrestling ability. So, yeah, talk ring announcers, they make television, they make WWE television, what it is, without a common well, commentary team. Did you mention Michael Cole? Did you mention Michael Cole earlier? I didn't because mention Cole. What I would say about Michael Cole and why he deserves an honourable mention. How long has Michael Cole now been the main guy on commentary? 15, 15 years. How long was JR the main guy on commentary? JR never became the main guy on commentary until well into the mid-90s. I mean, WrestleMania 9 was his first WrestleMania. WrestleMania 10, I don't even think he's a... If he is in commentary, he's not the main guy, because Vince is the main guy for the next couple of WrestleManias. Then, by the time you get a kind of... WrestleMania 13, kind of late 96, early 97, he was doing the interviews before matches, because I remember watching Network a wee while ago, a couple of months ago, and he interviewed Don Hart on his way to the ring. So, JR didn't kind of make it to the main guy till the kind of mid to late 90s, and then maybe health reasons, obviously, other things. But he didn't have that 15 year stretch. Jerry Oller, he's a stretch, obviously, it's been broken up, but he's the big long stretches, but as the main guy commentating, like the the whole, not the the added comment type comment is the actual main commentator. Michael Cole's maybe had the longest run at it, and he went through times when they turned him heel on commentary. Remember the, the he was good at that. The coal mine, uh, written for the Miz all the not, time. Not many of our favourite commentators have had proper WrestleMania matches while being commentators. Some commentators have been wrestlers and then commentators, but how many commentators do you know that have had a WrestleMania match? And they were just a commentator, they were never a wrestler. So, like I said, without the commentary team watching a wrestling match, wouldn't be the same. Uh, which is probably, f- I find, weird when the the night, obviously, Jerry Waller uh, took ill on Raw. Yeah. As like, the tribute 
then there was no commentary for the rest of the night. Uh, the, the bits are coming through with Jimmy Cole giving you updates on uh, the King's health and I thought that was really weird but yeah you go to wrestling events uh, you go to WWE house shows and obviously there's no commentary so yeah you're used to that but actually watching it on the TV and like not hearing anything was, was strange because you're used to like, call, you know, calling bits giving you facts and stuff and that was just strange but like I said without the commentary team that takes a big bit away from Do you know when I match. was younger I, I thought that the fans could hear the commentators ah, I really thought that because as well when yeah. I was like 10 or 11 my dad took me to the SECC to see Bret Hart and it was in the World Wrestling All Stars or World Wrestling Alliance or something it was called at the time the WWE which was a short lived thing that done a tour around the world Bret Hart was the commissioner of the WWE at this point and there was a commentary table at the SECC in Glasgow, and the commentators were played over the tannoy, like the speakers, so you could hear them, because it wasn't a recorded event or anything, but the commentators, you could hear them. I can't remember who they were, but one of them, at least one of them was a big commentator at the time. It might have been somebody like Tony Schiavone or someone like that, I can't remember. It was, I've got the programme, I'll check. But I always thought that that's what happened, and maybe in some arenas and some things maybe that, that could add to your entertainment value but yeah when you're at home watching yeah, I mean, it's good it must be weird when you go to like a, a live taping or draw and then you can see like Michael Cole and that talking and you must think I wonder what they're saying and then watch it back like yeah yeah they said that they said that but when you're sitting right behind them obviously you hear what they're saying so I think those seats are probably the best because you've got the commentary as well as well as the ringside, yeah. yeah. So, but when you're sitting up in the stalls, you don't n- know what they're saying. So, I think watching the TV is probably it works both ways. Like you're part of the crowd, so that's good. But again, if you're watching at home, you can hear what the comment and specifically it might add to the storyline at some point. So, some you have some commentary, yeah. so you don't know. Um, like, so, for example, somebody's been involved in a main event and they're guy the few them with in a match and they commentate and stuff sometimes that really adds to the story so talked a bit about announcers there Stephen it's now time not time for the end of the show because we're still got 15 minutes left it's time for the return ladies and gentlemen of the ever so famous pay per view challenge Okay, Stephen, what I'm going to do is I have in my hand SummerSlam 1997. Now, as we're going into SummerSlam, I thought, yep, right time. Let's go with a SummerSlam pay-per-view. You all know the rules of the pay-per-view challenge. What is... The, the guest, the person, must uh, list as many matches on an event, a single event, if they can, if they do it. Yep, well done. Self-pride if they not, don't do it. Not including dark matches, as you tried to cheat me with that before. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to put a timer on uh, the phone. It will be, what do you, what do you reckon, a minute and a half? A minute? Uh SummerSlam 97, you said? 
SummerSlam 1997. Uh, I, I, I'll definitely get all matches in a minute. Okay. I bet, I bet you 10 great British pounds sterling that I'll get all the matches in a minute. Right. It is now time for... So, SummerSlam 1997, you know, the poster has Brett and... Um, SummerSlam 1997's tagline was heart and soul. It is indeed the hottest event of the summer, it says. Yeah, I'm actually going to get all the matches in 30 seconds. Okay, so, every time you get uh, an answer right, you will hear this. That's the crowd cheering for you to rodeo on to the next one. So... When you're ready, if you can start now. The LOD versus the Godwins, and there is uh, Lost Bariquas versus the Disciples of Apocalypse. And I think that's it. There might be another one, but I think that's it. 29 seconds. 29 seconds, Stephen. Wow. Um, we need to listen to that back because that was incredible. SummerSlam 1997, you got all of them in 29 seconds. You weren't cheating because you were sitting in front of me. 29 seconds. It's a great, great pay-per-view. Yeah, the Peter View Challenge is back. Anyone who wants to take on the challenge, Steve, I think that's the first time ever in Top Rope Insider that the Peter View Challenge has been completed the whole way through. Apart from the time where the dark match. Oh, no, no, hold on a minute. The last time we played it, I got all the matches. The last time we played it was Survivor Series 93. And I got all the matches, did I know? I'm sure I did. Well. I'm not the sure. time before that I done it, I got all the matches, and you try to do a Vince McMahon screw job on me. Well, I never screwed anyone. Stephen screwed Stephen. I'm undefeated at the pay per view challenge. That's all I'm going to say. So if you want to take on the pay per view challenge, please tweet me. I'm not sure how and that works. And as Ric work. Flair says, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. I. Uh, Loads of stuff's been coming through on Twitter the past few days. Steel Chair Magazine, issue number four, is available now. And if you buy issue four, you'll be able to read an article on the franchise Shane Douglas. You know, remember him, Stephen? The man who put the extreme and extreme championship wrestling. I prefer him as Dean Douglas. So you'll be able to read an article. And guess who writes the article on Shane Douglas? Let me guess. Roll Dal. Close. Hogan. Rolling. J.K. Rowan. Me. Yours truly. Uh, I thought it was going to be Walt Disney. And my first kind of stint at writing wrestling articles for Steel Chair Magazine, where I look at the legend of the franchise, whether he's a wrestling legend or not, where he is now, what's he doing now. So if you want to find out, read it now. It's available. Um to read a uh, digital copy available issue 5 will be out next month I'm currently writing uh, a piece on Scott Steiner for that um, will your part be where are they now every month I assume so I mean 
as the magazine will grow, there might not be room, there might different articles, but it's part of a a journey I hope will be a good one. Uh, so, and I've just sent in a piece on wrestling moves, which I thought was quite interesting. Wrestling where I, moves? Where I look at the kind of, the evolution of certain moves. Yeah, so, I look at wrestling moves, they're so, for example, my first uh, piece is on the cutter. So, uh, the history obviously came from John Ace. He kind of... And then it passed on to DDP. And I look at Randy Orton's... The kind of... The, how it's varied over the years. Which mm-hmm. I thought was quite interesting. So, different months, different weeks. Uh, There's a stunner count in that. Yeah, it's kind of different variation of it. Um, so, different weeks, obviously. Maybe on the steel chair... Uh, magazine website, my article might be on there. Different weeks, look at different moves. So, there we go. We've got about nine nine minutes left. Okay, so, like I said, nine minutes left, Stephen. What do you want to talk about in these nine minutes? Summer Slams next month. Why don't you tell everyone where you So, as it's SummerSlam why don't you tell everyone what your favourite SummerSlam is and why no pick your favourite SummerSlam <sighs> why favourite SummerSlam well the SummerSlam just done 97 97 was really good uh, favourite SummerSlam it's a hard one 92 is one of my favourite pay-per-views ever uh, it's really good the LOD match I just love the LOD they come out in the Harleys it's really good. It's obviously got Brett versus the Bulldogs. Really good. But I really like SummerSlam 90 as well. Uh, Hart Foundation won the titles that against uh, two of the three men of Demolition. Uh, Legion of Doom came out and gave them a hand. I like that. It's got some good matches on it. Uh, SummerSlam 94. Could be though. I like SummerSlam 94. It's got Razor versus Diesel. Brett versus Owen. Undertaker versus Undertaker. SummerSlam. A lot of good comedy on it as well. And no, one of the guys. My favourite ones is also the first TLC match at SummerSlam 2000. 2000. SummerSlam 2000, I thought that was. Yeah, SummerSlam 2000 is good. SummerSlam, is it 98? It was the one that was. Uh, yeah, it was 98, wasn't it? That was at Madison Square Garden, the Rock Fights Triple H and a ladder match. It's really good, but uh, I would. Uh, can I narrow it down to three? You can narrow it down to three. Right. Well, I'll go for SummerSlam '92, SummerSlam '97, and SummerSlam. 1990. I'll go for them three. And one of the... I was watching it the other, the other day. SummerSlam 2005, is it? With Sean versus... V- versus that guy. Yeah. I think that's a great... And, and then the, SummerSlam 2006, you've got Randy Orton versus that, that guy. SummerSlam 2006 as well. Was another. SummerSlam 2006 is really good, actually. Yeah, if, if, I, can, if I can round it up to five... I've been called 2006. And 2006 is probably one of the best years in wrestling. Uh, uh, for me... It was alright. 
Uh, the first half of it, obviously, is you know, you've got Royal Rumble, WrestleMania 22, uh, One Night Stand, SummerSlam, Unforgiven. Great, great moments, great, great matches that started my everlasting love for professional wrestling. So, we've run out of time uh, on tonight's show. We've talked about so many things, crammed a lot into 55 minutes, if you believe. Uh, talked about Hogan, talked about uh, SummerSlam, Battleground, Kevin Owens, John Cena, you name it. Join me next time on Top Rope Insider, where we have the return of The Heat. Mr. Martin McNeil will be back talking wrestling. Uh, I'm going to his house uh, on Wednesday to record the podcast, to record. So, you're going to talk about on Wednesday? We have no idea. Uh, what we could say is we could maybe do like a filler podcast, just talk about something completely random. Uh, obviously to do with wrestling, but not current events. Or talk about just a random topic. Well, a bonus podcast, like a bonus disc. Yeah, so like maybe. Podcast. So this one will be online this Friday. Then maybe the one I record on Wednesday will be on next week. So there'll be a lot of top rope insiders to go around, um, which is good. So we're back every Friday. Uh, top rope insider will be online. I guarantee now. After obviously being. Away for four weeks, it's now every single Friday a new episode will be online. So thanks to Stephen again for providing your amazing views as ever. And we'll see you again whenever you're back on, whenever that is, whenever you want to be. When invited, I'm, I'm always willing to talk about wrestling. So subscribe, uh, it's available on iTunes. I feel feel proud of saying that. So, as everyone, iTunes, SoundCloud, and as always, Spreaker. Share it with your friends, family. Tweet it if you will. Hashtag Top Rope Insider, and we will see you next week. Hulkamania to the end.